Good morning, St. Paul's. Let's try that one more time. Good morning, St. Paul's. It is so wonderful to be worshiping with you this morning. In case you're wondering, who is this person? I haven't met him yet. My name is Christy Cater. I am the new assistant rector for Young Families, and it's been truly a blessing to join this community of faith. I want to take a moment to simply thank each of you for welcoming me into this community and inviting me to walk this spiritual journey with you. Over these past few weeks, even in these challenging times in our world, you have shown me what radical hospitality looks like and have welcomed me with open arms to Westfield and St. Paul's. And for that, I will be forever grateful. So thank you. Let us pray. Holy Spirit, touch our eyes this morning so that we can see you more clearly. Touch our ears so that we can hear you more nearly. Touch our hearts and set them on fire for a way of love, a way of peace, a way of justice, so that we can love you more dearly. Amen. I could feel his eyes staring at me and could see the questions and thoughts through the expressions on his face. Where do I know this person from? Should I go up to him? Is that a clergy collar that he is wearing? These uncomfortable glances continued for what felt like 15 minutes until this tall, young African-American man wearing a shirt and tie and gray mask covering his face, began walking towards the table that I was sitting at. You're Chris, right? He asked. I am, I responded back. You just moved here from Cleveland, Ohio, right? I did, I replied. Man, you're a priest? A priest who likes to work out? Who would have thought? <laughs> I had no idea. You're like my age, he said. I awkwardly laughed as I was still trying to figure out who this man was. I'm sorry, I said. I've met so many people over the past few weeks, and I'm trying to align names to the correct masked face. What's your name again? Vincent, he said. I met you the other day when you noticed I dropped my ID while running in Westfield. And you tried to get my attention, but I couldn't hear you because of my headphones. So you sprinted to keep up with me until you could get me to stop. That's right. You're the person who turned my morning jog into a morning sprint. He laughed, and then an awkward silence followed. I could tell that he had something more that he wanted to say. He then gestured, asking if he could join me at the table I was sitting at. Of course, I said. So you're a priest. I am. Well, my relationship with the church has been complicated, he responded. Vincent went on to describe to me the wrestling that he has had with his faith, a wrestling that began at a young age and continued into his early adulthood. The times that he felt like an outsider in community, judged by those who gathered beside him in the pews of the place that he was taught would be one of love and acceptance. 
the times where the rhetoric that came from the pulpit encouraged division or didn't align with his understanding of a Christian vocation, a vocation that is one of love, a vocation that is one of peace, a vocation that is one of justice. He shared with me the times where he felt even more alone, even more hopeless. If it wasn't racism or homophobia that I was facing, it was always something else. So I stopped going to church, he said, and honestly, I haven't missed it. My heart broke as I heard his story because I knew, I knew that his experience with religion, his encounter with faith, has not been one that is isolated, but one that joins the countless testimonials that share of heartbreak, anger, and disappointment caused by communities of faith. And I knew that the decision that Vincent made to say goodbye to church is one that many are making daily. I'm so sorry, Vincent, I responded back. This hurt, the pain, the suffering that you have endured, that isn't God. That's not the wisdom that scripture has to offer us. That's not the way this church thing is supposed to be. At least, that's not what I believe. He took a deep breath, and you could hear the tears that he was holding back. And then we continue to share in story. Sharing in the times when we have felt rejected by the church, the times that we have been left questioning and wrestling with our faith, but we also shared in our hopes and dreams of what the church can be and who we believe God is calling us to be. In St. Paul's, the hopes and dreams that Vincent has for the church and for this world is one that I guarantee will warm your hearts with pure joy. And after some time had passed, Vincent asked me a question that he said he hadn't asked for a long time. He asked if we could pray. He simply said, while I wrestle with all this earthly stuff, these things that separate us, divide us, that break our hearts, I know that it is the goodness of God that carries me through. So we prayed right in the middle of Panera Bread in Wachang. He thanked me for taking the time to talk, and I invited him to join us at St. Paul's when he's ready to step into a place of worship again. And he simply said, if it's anything like what I just experienced here at this table, then I'll definitely come and check it out sometime. As Vincent walked away, I felt so blessed that this stranger had wandered into my life. Our relationship began through a small act of kindness, something so small happening to stumble across his ID while going on my daily run and deciding to stop. Our relationship began through living out my daily routine. Vincent and I found that even while we shared many similarities and differences, when we let love when we let God interrupt our lives, we had a conversation that ultimately changed hearts and minds. Strangers became friends. Who knows 
whether or not Vincent will ever wander into this beautiful place of St. Paul's, or join us online, or if we'll ever see one another again. But I know that no matter what happens, the breaking of bread, the breaking of self that was experienced that day was one that was filled with wisdom. It was holy. It was of God. It was what church and this world should look and feel like. St. Paul's, it gave me a glimpse of what the kingdom of God, what heaven here on earth could look and feel like. And that sight, that feeling, will travel with us for quite some time. Today, we continue to make our way through James's letter. See, James is writing to a community. James is writing to a church that is divided. He's going out into a world that is in conflict. St. Paul's, it sounds like James was stepping into a world that is not too different than the one we find ourselves in. Can I get an amen on that one this morning? And even in the midst of that conflict, even in the midst of that division, he is bringing a message that is challenging the way how those around him live out their lives, how they live out their faith. He's calling the world to change. He's calling out the evil that separates them and is sharing the wisdom of God that unites them. James is encouraging them to not only look at what God teaches in Torah, the wisdom that God has to offer as being something that is distant, something that separates heaven, the kingdom, from earth, but James is calling them to see that the wisdom that God has to offer calls them, calls us, to bring heaven, to bring that kingdom ever so closer in our midst. James is teaching us that the wisdom that we receive from God is the wisdom that helps us live and move and have our being in this world that is rooted in a way of love, that the wisdom we receive from God is rooted in a way of peace, is rooted in a way of justice that is rooted in God's goodness. James is teaching us that the wisdom, that message that we receive from God is how we are called to build that kingdom right here and right now. St. Paul's, are you still with me? St. Paul's, are you still with me? Because the message that James is sharing in his letter is important and can change our lives. It can change our world as we know and see it today. Just last week, we heard that James reminds us of the hard work that it is to proclaim the gospel, the hard work that it is to be the teachers of good news, to share of a message in a world, a message that is countercultural, a message that brings us away from thinking solely of self, but thinking of the other, a message that teaches us that power, authority lies in something larger than that of our own hands, but that of God. And yet he doesn't encourage us to shy away from such work. Last week, James warns us of the hard work of a call to be teachers in the world, sharing a message that is radical, to be teachers of a way of life that calls us to follow the direction of God, a direction that calls us to bring love to where love has died, to bring hope to the hopeless, to bring justice to where injustice reigns. And yet he teaches us that it is within the small things in life 
to help proclaim that message and change this world. St. Paul's James teaches us in his letter that the transformative work of the gospel, the heavenly wisdom that God has to offer, can be simply watching how we speak to one another. It's how we talk to one another. It's how we relate to one another. It's how we journey through life together that ultimately brings God's message to life, that ultimately brings God's presence alive among us. The challenge that Scripture brings us, the message that James highlights, is that if we remain rooted in the love, knowledge, and wisdom of God, and live that message through our words and action, even the smallest of actions, such as stopping on a jog to return an ID, to stop and have a conversation about God with a stranger, to listen to another story and be open to receive them, will bring that kingdom of God right here at our doorsteps. St. Paul's, don't we need that kingdom of God right here at our doorsteps? Because indeed, our world isn't too different than the world James found himself writing to. St. Paul's, we're finding ourselves in a time in our society where many people are divided. We're finding ourselves in a time in our society where many people are feeling hurt and distanced from church, distanced from God, distanced from one another, literally, as we make our way through this pandemic. We are finding ourselves in a society where people are yearning for healing. They're yearning for companionship, hope, love. St. Paul's, they are yearning for God. They are yearning for good news, the wisdom that we have to share. They are yearning for disciples like you and me. We find ourselves in a world that continuously talks about church decline questioning whether or not communities of faith will survive on the other side of this pandemic. But yet, this brings only more division. It feeds the anxiety that blossoms into hopelessness. And yet today, we receive a message, we receive wisdom from God that washes us with new life, with hope, with strength and courage to go out into this world and to change it. So let's go out into this world, St. Paul's. Let's go out into this world being drenched by the waters of our Christian vocation, taking on that dangerous work of being teachers, of being followers of Christ who proclaim a radical message of love. Let us go out into the world and share with them the wisdom that has been shared with us. Let us go out into the world and share with them the presence of our God. Let us go out into this world and share of ourselves and let's turn this world upside down. Let's build that kingdom here and now. St. Paul's, this is the way that we've been called to live and walk in. This is the wisdom that God has to offer us. This is the work that is good that will always overpower what is evil and change this world. So my friends, my new friends, The journey ahead won't be easy. But nothing about our call as a church, as a community, as followers of Jesus will be easy, nor was it promised to be that. But we also don't walk it alone. We have each other. We have God. 
So as we make our way through the days, weeks, months, and years ahead, let us walk together, reclaiming and proclaiming the message that God has given us to share, like that good old hymn states, let us go and build a place that love can dwell and all can safely live. A place where saints and children tell how hearts learn to forgive. Built of hopes and dreams and visions, a rock of faith and vault of grace. A place where love of Christ shall end divisions, where all will be welcome in this place. St. Paul's let us build a house where prophets speak and words are strong and true, where all God's children dare to seek to dream God reign anew, where the cross where we shall stand as witness, being a symbol of God's grace. Here reclaim the faith of Jesus, where all will be welcome in this place. Let us build a house where love is found and water, wine, and wheat, a banquet hall on a holy ground where peace and justice meet. Here the love of God through Jesus is revealed and time and space as we share in Christ the feast, the wisdom that frees us, where all are welcome in this place. St. Paul's, let's go out and do this work together. This is the dream that a seeker shared with me at a Panera Bread table. Let's make Vincent's dream, God's dream, our reality, starting right here on Broad Street. I'm with you, St. Paul's, and it's so great to be joining you on this journey. I'm honored to step into this complicated world with you as your assistant rector. Now, if you're ready, let's go and change the world. Amen. <laughs>